Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision, so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. I have a question for you. Who has seen the Avengers movie, The Endgame? Okay, keep your mouth shut. I have not seen it. Okay, there's no movie spoilers happening here. I've never kicked anyone out of the church, but if you spoil it for me, I might just kick someone out. I, I, I am a Netflix dad, so I have to wait till I can rent it or it's out on Netflix pretty much. So I might make a case here, but I'm just, I'm just stating some clear boundaries here um, as we move through the series. No spoilers, please. Um, but, well, I... I, I, I Here's the reason why. I'll do some weird stuff, okay? I've been, I've been known to be in a restaurant, and people are, are talking next to you, maybe like about ready to spoil a movie or spoil the score of the game or something, and I'll just literally, like, just, I, I don't want to hear it. I will remove myself. So I, I just, I don't want to be doing, I do enough weird stuff anyway. Um, you don't need to be seeing me do that. Uh, when we talk about in-game, we talk about eternity, uh, people do some, they can do some weird stuff too when, you, when you're talking about end times. And um, they, they, some people, you know, they'll go and they'll make predictions about the end times. You know, when is, when is the end happening? Um, and they want to try to nail the date. You'll see people who get all excited when there's a blood moon. They're like, ooh, there's a blood moon tonight. And there's wars and earthquakes. And my kids are like, Dad, it's the scariest bedtime story I've ever heard. Please, please knock it off, okay? You're, you're freaking us out, okay? We do some weird things because we're fascinated with this stuff. We're fascinated with the end times. We want to know, are we living in the end times? How's it all going to go down? And, and you know, we don't, as, as Christians or anybody, we don't necessarily know the future. We can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow, but... We do believe in a God who is beyond time, and we believe that He does know, and He reveals some things to us in Scripture, in, in the Bible, that we can take a look at and, and see. So over the next few weeks, this is what we're going to try to pick apart. So um, not next week, because we're gone next week. We will not be meeting over Memorial Day weekend, but the following week on June 2nd, we'll be looking at your end. What happens when you die, what does the Bible say? What happens? Five seconds after you pass away, wh- where are you going to be? What's going to happen? And we're going to try to unpack that as best as we can. Uh, the following week after that, week three, we'll be talking about the end. What, what, what happens in the end? And what does the Bible have to say about that? It's going to be a fun series. I think it's going to be challenging. I want to encourage you to um, come, but I also know it's summer months. So if we're gone, I want to encourage you stay connected. Watch online, listen to the podcast, so you can keep tracking with what we're doing uh, throughout this series and, and throughout this summer. Today, I want to ask you another question to get us started. And the question is this. If your money could talk, what would it say? And you're like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you were talking about eternity. So I'm thinking heaven, hell, afterlife, end game. And did you say Money? Yes. Jesus, he he talked about the end time, and he he would talk about 
the fact that how we live today impacts eternity. He, he talked a lot about money, and he would say that your money talks. And so we want to try to unpack what is it saying? How do we live now, and how does that impact tomorrow? He said it like this um, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. He's preaching a sermon, and he says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths and, and, and eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and, and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Ah, Jesus, this, this kind of talk is not going to get you a lot of Instagram followers, Jesus. Like, don't you know, you're, Jesus, you're in the first century. And in this culture, in this society, like, what is respected is power. What is respected is status. What is respected is authority here. And, and you're kind of going against the grain here, Jesus, which oddly enough, sounds a lot like today. And Jesus isn't afraid to talk about some, some tough issues. And here's, here's one thing you need to know. Maybe, maybe you're like, ah, I don't know about this whole eternity thing. I, 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 just, I struggle with it. I don't know if I necessarily believe in it. And, and that's okay. Maybe you're kind of like, you know, it's ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and, you know, we're nothing but dust. And that, that always kind of weirds me out because I'm like, what's but dust? It, like, that just sounds gross. Um, I, I, but, sorry, that's just how my brain works. I told you I'm weird. Maybe you're like, I, I think there's more to life. I'm more than butt dust. And so um, the reason we pay attention to what Jesus says is not because he said great things, not because he did great things. It's, it's what we unpacked last week was the fact that he lived he died and he rose again. And these guys watched it all happen in front of their faces. And they saw not only how he lived, they watched him die. He called his shot. He, he, this guy was like, hey, I'm going to die and then I'm going to be alive again. And anybody, if you saw someone live that life, call their shot and do it. And they say, I'm the Messiah. You would follow that guy too. And so should we. So now the things that he says especially about the afterlife, the end game, we better pay attention to. If I'm going to be a good pastor, I don't like talking about money, okay? It is not, it is not fun for me to talk about money because part of it is I can see your faces. Like, <laughs> it is, it, you know, it's like, oh, talk about peace? Amen. Hallelujah. Grace? Great. I love that. Mercy? Oh, keep preaching. Amen. Money? I'm going to need to see chapter and verse, okay? Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's tense. I get, I get that. It's tense for me. But Jesus, he knew some things, not only about how, this, how to live this life, but he says this life, how it impacts eternity. He says, store your treasures in heaven. 
Think about your end game. How you live your life today impacts your end game. And he says, you need to factor that in. At least if you're a Christian today, you have to factor this in to how you live your life today. But he goes on. He says, your eye, which symbolizes kind of like our mind, our attitude in Scripture. So in a way, he's like saying, your mind. Although he says, your eye. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light to your body. When your eye, when your mind, when your attitude is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. And when your eye is unhealthy, what's your attitude towards this subject? Your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one, no one, then he lays the hammer down. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the others. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money, to stuff. If your money could talk... What would it say? Three things I want to unpack today about what your money might be speaking today. The first thing is money would say, this is what's in your heart. This is a heart issue. This is a spiritual issue. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You might be saying, okay, well, how do I know where my heart is? What's in my heart? Jesus would say, follow the money trail. It speaks about what's in your heart. Some of your hearts, it's a chili works. Bacon red, it's delicious. I love it. Some of us, it's in our stuff. Like how many of us have, have ever named a car? Like I had a, one of my favorite cars, Pontiac uh, Grand Am. It was red. It was called the Red Dragon. Love that car. Love that car. We will, we will name our stuff. Some of our hearts, it's right here. We, we, we will freak out. We will lose our mind if we lose this thing, right? Or if our kid breaks one of these things, like they're going to get broke, right? It's coming out some way or another. Or some of us, like we are so invested in this FaceTime, but we won't open up our Bible and spend any time in, in, in that book. Some of us, we are more invested spending face-to-face time with this thing than we are with our spouse or with our kids. And I don't like talking about these things, but it does no good to just leave it in generalities, in my opinion, when we all have an idol. I have an, I have an idol. I, right here. This is the struggle for me. You want to know what it is? It's here. It's really bad when the, the people who want to sell these things and make monies off these, th- off, off these things, they also create an app that tells you how much screen time you're using. And they own, the people who create these things, trying to make money, they want you to buy them, they want you to use them. They're saying, you're using it too much. Here's an app saying, put it down. You know, that's, it's how it goes. We all have them. And idols, the reason this is so tense, the idols don't like to be mentioned. They'd rather just stay up top and, and unmentionable. Don't talk about them. I get that. It's tough for me to, I mean, just even talking about this. We all have them, though, and it's okay to talk about them, and it's okay to get them off the shelf and put God in his proper place. Money would say that this is in my heart. 
The chief competitor for your heart is not the devil, it's stuff. Okay, so we can all be here today and just say, hi, my name's Mike Brake, and I like stuff. <laughs> all right, we're all, in this, we're all in the same boat. Jesus met a, a, a rich young ruler one time. And the, the rich young ruler came to Jesus, and he wanted to know about the end game. The question he asked to Jesus, how do I get to heaven, Jesus? Tell me. And he was like, hey, you're, you're a good young Jewish boy. You know the Jewish scriptures. Follow what they tell you. And he's like, ah, I've done it all. What else do I got to do? And Jesus tells him, because he's after the heart, he says, hey, sell all your possessions and give it to the poor. Then come follow me. This is one thing I want to make clear. The church, more importantly, God, he doesn't need your money. He doesn't want your money. If Jesus needed this guy's money, he would have said, hey, go sell all your possessions and give it to me. He didn't even want, he said, no, I'm after your heart. I want your heart. This thing has your heart. This idol has your heart. Give it away. Let's get that off the shelf. Let's get that off the table. And then we can start enjoying a relationship. And if you know the story, it's one of the saddest stories in scripture because the guy heard it and he walked away sad. This, was, this, was keep it, this is what kept him from a relationship with Jesus. And so as I go through this, just oh, we talk about this. This isn't a, oh, give the money to the church or go sell all your possessions and, and give it away. No, I'm not preaching irresponsibility. I think we just got to look at what Jesus is saying about this and, and, and start living our lives according to how he would say this is the way to live life and this is how it impacts our end game. And he was saying how you handle your money shows where your heart is, where your desires are. It's a, it's a heart issue. He would say don't focus on the temporary. Focus on the end game. What's your end game? How you live today impacts tomorrow. What you believe about your end game, what you believe about eternity really reveals itself in how you live today. The second thing your money would say is that this is all a test. Uh, everything we're talking about is you're being tested. There was a, another uh, time he was talking with people and Jesus loved to tell stories. And he would, he would tell a parable. It wasn't a true story, but just trying to get a point across, he would tell some stories. And in Luke chapter 16, he tells a, a, a story about a shrewd manager. The manager didn't own the money. He was managing it for somebody else. And he was not doing a very good job of it. And he knew he was going to get fired. And so uh, rather than just be like, oh, I'm going to get fired, the manager was smart. He started cutting deals with all the people who owed the owner money. And he knew his time was short. He had a limited amount of time. And so he knew, hey, I'm going to think about the end game here. When I get fired, I'm still going to be taken care of. My family's going to be taken care of. You would think that's a little bit dishonest, but that wasn't the point of Jesus' story. He, he actually commended this manager and said, hey, this guy thought about the end game. He knew he had a short amount of time, and he did the best with what he could in that time to think about the end game. And then he followed it up with this. This is what Jesus said. He said, here's the lesson. Okay, You can read that parable, but he says, here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Hmm, sound, seems pretty simple. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your possessions are gone, and they will be gone one day, they will welcome you into an eternal home. 
If you are faithful in little things, here's the test, you will be faithful in large ones. And if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest in the greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? This test, the grading for this test, is not based on intentions, but action. How you will be graded won't be on your intentions, but actions. God, just think about this. God created man. He created the planet, but he created man, and he said, hey, hey, man, humans, manage it well. Here's your planet. Manage it well. For the little bit of time that you have on this earth, for the little bit of resources that you've been given... Manage it. Manage it well. And I know for a lot of us, when it comes to being generous, when it comes to giving, one of the top reasons we don't give is fear. We are afraid. <laughs> we, we fear losing control. As soon as I give something over, I'm a control freak. But if I give something away, then I lose control on how it's going to be used. I, I lose control. Are they going to use it in a productive way, in a wise way? I, ah, I, and we lose control. We're also afraid of uncertainty. If I go without, if I give and I go without, can God really supply all of my needs? I don't know. It's so uncertain. And it's a test, a faith test, a trust test. But also, it's one, again, that you will not be graded on intention, but action. When you get to eternity, and we look at how did you manage the resources that you've been given in your life, the, the question won't be, well, did you think about giving? Oh, yeah, God, I, I wanted to be generous. I so wanted to be generous. That's how I wanted to live my life. Well, that's great intentions, but did you? And, and the, a common one that I get with a lot of people, and this is why I want to help people to get out of debt, but the, the common thing I hear is like, Mike, I got loans, man. I got debt out my, I want to give, but I am drowning in debt. And I get that. But I firmly believe your first step towards freedom is putting God first. I know that makes no logical sense, but I also have faith and trust in God that our first step to freedom is putting God first. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about percentages. I'm not talking about, oh, the church is in need, you gotta give money or any. I, I hope you'll hear my heart that this is just a life. This is a, a character value to be generous to be loving and, and giving towards others. And I trust, even though I can't see it today in front of me, that in the end game, God's watching. And he says, well done. That's the way I want you to live this life. That's how I want you to manage this life. Live it, manage it well. The third thing is that money would say that this is a battle of wills. It's a battle of wills. We have these fears that come across us, but at the same time, 
I, don't, I know for myself, I don't always feel like giving. I don't always feel like being generous. In fact, I would say just remove the always. I pretty much never feel like being generous, okay? The feelings just aren't there. If you've heard the pastor or maybe sometimes I've said, hey, just pray and give as you feel led. Well, if I think about it, I'm like, well, I don't feel led. So um, rarely, if ever. So here's what I know about myself. This goes in relationships. This goes with money. This goes with time or anything. Emotion will follow motion. If I don't feel it, that's okay. I'm not always going to feel it. My feelings are dumb. But motion, emotion will follow motion. If I start putting things into motion, those feelings, joy, peace, (laughs) contentment, they will follow. Emotion follows motion. It takes intentionality. And this is a battle of wills. He, he really puts it up there. He says, you can't follow God and money. You, you, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. He pits these two against one another. He says, no one can serve two masters, for you'll hate one, love the other. You'll be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. This is a gospel issue. It goes straight to the heart of who God is and his character. Now, we're not saved by giving. You're not saved by works. It doesn't do anything for you in regards to salvation. But again, that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, hey, this is is impacting your eternity. What's going to happen and take place there? What you do now takes place there. But at the same time, this goes to why is he harping on this so much? It reveals God's character. If you meet a giver, if you meet a generous person, they understand this. They get this point, this principle, that apart from God, apart from his mercy, apart from his grace, there is no hope. Scripture says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. I think a lot of times... We can maybe think of our salvation as, well, I was bad, and God made me good. Or maybe I was just a a little bit bad, not as bad as that person over there. I prayed a prayer, and God made me good. It kind of got my feet in the door. No, 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 That's that's not the gospel. It very clearly says you were dead spiritually. There was no shot at a relationship with God until Jesus, until he came and lived, until he came and died, and then he rose from the grave, then we have a shot. And givers understand this because they know everything I have comes from him. So it's not what percentage can I give to God. It's just like it all, 100%, came from him. How am I going to manage it? Am I going to be generous with what he has given me? And that goes right to our core and our soul on how we live this out. If the noun of the Bible is Jesus, Old Testament points to Jesus, New Testament points to Jesus, everything points to Jesus, then the verb of the Bible is give. You cannot separate the gospel and that word give. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's who he is. 
One of our core values, you see it on the sign right over here, love through generosity. He loved the world so much. And how did he demonstrate that love? He gave. That is who God is. When we live generously, you are reflecting his character. That's why it's such a big deal to God. Why is he harping on this so much? Why is he so hard on this? Because this isn't the only place he talks about money. He talks about it a lot. I think he knows how we operate. He knows how we operate. I have right here a baby gate. When you have toddlers and you have dangerous areas in your home, or maybe you have some stairs and they're beginning to crawl or beginning to walk, you need some baby gates. As a good parent, you're going to put these baby gates up because if they go walking right over to the stairs, guess what? They, they're going to fall and they're going to keep falling and they keep falling. So you put up the baby gate. But as soon as you put up the baby gate, what do they do? They go right over to the baby gate and they're crying and they're screaming and they're kicking and they're pushing on this thing and they're, they're so angry that there's a gate that's blocking their freedom. And they, they're so fixated on what's right in front of them and the restriction and they get so angry. Whereas a parent, you're just like, hey, you got the whole, you got the whole room, the whole house. I mean, come on. It's all yours. But yet you're so angry kicking out this. And then, you know, as we get older, or they figure it out, they're just like, well, just, I can just climb over this thing, and then, well, maybe, yep, there we go, and we're good to go. That was almost a disaster, <laughs> which kind of proves my point. When it comes to putting God first in our lives, when he says, hey, put me first here, I think a lot of us, we're just like that, looking at this, at this gate where we've grown in age and physically, but we're still acting like toddlers in our spiritual sense, so angry with God. God, why does God need my money? Like, it makes no sense. Plus, I've given before God. I've served before God. And I, where's the blessing? I don't see any blessing. I just see restrictions, and it doesn't make any sense. And we get so angry when we complain about it. Then we're like, you know what? Oh, I figured out. I don't need God. I don't need that gate. I can just go over it. And some of us are falling down the same set of stairs over and over and over again in relationship after relationship, or we're in our stuff, and we're discontent. We don't have peace. We don't have joy. And we're wondering, like, what, what is going on? What I want to suggest to you today is your first step towards freedom is actually listening to Jesus. Because he, he follows this up and says, seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteously according to what he says. And then everything, he will give you everything you need. Need is highlighted, not want. He will give you what you need. And I think today he's calling us back to say, hey, put me first. 
This is a heart issue. What your money is talking. What is it saying? At the end of your life, when it comes to your end game, do you want more stuff or do you want more stories? Because I think Jesus knows how we operate. He knows how we operate. We don't like the boundaries. We don't like the restrictions. We want to go past those. But he says, here's the better way to live. Here's where true freedom's at. Secondly, I think he knows. He knows that we want our life to have meaning, and it does have meaning. That your life is bigger than you. That you want, he knows, you want stories. You want li people lining up to tell stories, not to brag about your stuff. So again, I'm going to reiterate this message. I don't want anything from you. God doesn't need anything from you. He wants something for you. And that's what I want as your pastor. I want something for you as you move forward. I want stories in your life. The things of meaning, the things of value. There was a group of Pharisees that were listening to Jesus talk about this money, these issues. And it says, the Pharisees who dearly loved their money heard all this stuff and scoffed. Some of your versions may say that he sneered. They sneered at him. Does anyone know their names? Me neither. God wants us focused on the end game, not the temporary. If your money could talk, what story would it tell? For those of you who have been a part of freedom, short time, long time, and you've been giving, thank you. Last year we saw 17 salvations. Their story is a part of your story. We started the Love Los Alamos Fund in January. Whereas if you, if you see a need of someone in this town, or maybe you just want to be a blessing to somebody, and you're like, hey, I got a coworker. We could, we could love on them. But maybe you didn't have the resources to do so, but then you took that message to your, your connect group and you said, hey guys, I know this person. And then your connect group was like, yes, let's be a blessing. Let's love Los Alamos. Let's love on this person. And then we have the funds to help you out. So we're like, here's the check. Go, go bless, go love. And there's been several stories of you guys taking advantage of our Love Los Alamos fund. Though their story is connected to your story. We just gave $6,500 to a home in Haiti. You guys maybe don't know about this, but you need to know. There's been in the works for a while, a handicapped home for women in Haiti. And, and they are trying to build a home where they can get an education, but they can also learn a trade so they can provide for their families. But when you're the outcast of the outcast, it's really hard in Haiti. So we, they needed a roof so they could start taking in residents. We couldn't provide it all, but we're like, here's $6,500. Another church 
virtually matched it. They put a roof on and, and they're pretty close to putting in their first residence if they haven't done so already. Their story is a part of our story. We've had so many people coming in who've been reconnected with their heavenly father, people who have been baptized, people who have just coming to know this God of the world who loves them, who gave everything for them. Their story is a part of your story. If you've given to Freedom Church and you understand this mission and you get it, thank you. Thank you so much. If you haven't given, I'm not like condemning you or anything, but you're like, hey, how do I give? There's a giving box right there or that same number where you texted the word question to, you can text the word give and you can give online. It's quick, it's safe, it's secure, it all happens. But again, I'm not looking for money at all. That's not the plea. I want you to live generously. God wants something for you, not from you. God is behind a church, I believe, that has a focus on an end game, that has their focus off the temporary and onto what he has for us in eternity. That's the way the first century church lived. If you read about that first church, yes, they had the theology about Jesus, but that's not, not what they are known for is their theology. What got people's attention was their generosity. Whoa, these people are different. These people give. These people like sell possessions and they'll, they'll do anything to help other people. That got their attention. And then God spoke. That's our goal as a church. I think God's behind a church that's like that, that's hungry to love Los Alamos, to love the world. And he says, that's what I want to get behind. And if God's behind it, I want to be behind it too. That's what I want to be. Let's be a church. Let's be a church that loves God and puts him first in everything. And then we love others and we are generous like crazy. Would you stand with me and let's pray? Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a, a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.